Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo, Ivan, and Walter. And today we are going to continue to talk about Advent, but first, a word from our sponsor. How can you teach your children to live their Catholic faith beyond the walls of your parish? One way is to engage your family's values in a Catholic healthcare option like CMF Curo. CMF Curo is an affordable Catholic healthcare ministry that's perfect for growing families and that's rooted in church teachings. CMF Curo members share medical burdens in community, have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, health and spiritual resources, and more. Learn more about CMF Curo at MyCatholicHealthcare.com. That's MyCatholicHealthcare.com. First of all, guys, we, we, we want to tell you, you know, rejoice in the Lord for He is near. We just celebrated Gaudete Sunday, and we are on the third week of Advent. And very good news, Gustavo's heart grew three sizes this last Sunday. <laughs> Because he finally got into the Christmas spirit. It did. Hallelujah. We did. We finally put up our Christmas tree. Um, we're actively listening to Christmas music now. So all is right in the world again. Give him all the you Mariah know, Carey, all the Mean Girl, <laughs> Jingle Bell yeah. Rock dances. He's 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 all in it. One hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Bring it in. Bring it all. We're good. I was listening to Michael Bublé's Jingle Bells before we started recording, um, just to get hype. You know, it, it's it's a pretty good Christmas album. What do uh, you, you guys think of the Luis Miguel Christmas album? Ooh, it's, it's horrible. The one that he tries to sing all the Christmas carols in, yeah. in Spanish. Don't tell that just to my like, father-in-law. Uh, well, probably. Well, yeah. Hopefully, he's not watching. I'm sure he's not watching. Hopefully yeah, not. <laughs> don't, don't say anything against El Sol de Mexico. Uh, but anyways, it's, Gustavo, do you see the video that I sent you about this lady that is, that is playing with the, with the bell? <laughs> yeah. Like, I want that kind of energy from you on the 24th. We'll probably share that real um, no, about the story. But, yeah, so, so for context, uh, just for people that are listening, there's a video of the lady, like a all ladies choir, right? They're singing this uh i think jingle bells i think it's jingle bells yeah jingle bells and then there's this one lady who's just he's not she's not singing as far as i can tell but she has these like weird light up glasses and she has like just a set of jingle bells in her hand and she's just like rocking out everybody is very stiff singing the jingle bell jingle bell and this lady's just like going to town on her jingle bells it's the best <laughs> thing ever yeah uh, we need that kind of energy. Yep. Uh, so today, getting into the topic, we're going to talk about um, Advent of the Heart by Father Alfred Delft, which um, we have been talking about in the last couple episodes. And um, uh, today we are going to uh, read some uh, selections from the third Sunday of Advent uh, meditation um, that he wrote in um, in prison in on December of 1944. So very uplifting. Um, he talks about five conditions for through true joy. 
Um, and um, I think it would be good for us to uh, define what it is that we are talking about when we talk about true joy. So Father Delp says that the philosophers say it is a satisfaction and emotional uplift in response to the goods at one's disposal. That may be true of some phenomena of joy, but it's not joy itself. Otherwise, how could I attain true joy in these times and in this situation? And he poses the question because he is incarcerated and later he was executed. So again, we chose a good one. Uh, it gets better, trust me. Um, then he moves on to say that joy in human life has to do with God. Um, creatures can bring us joy in various forms and can provide an occasion for joy and rejoicing. But the actual success of this depends upon whether we are still capable of joy and familiar with it. And that, again, is conditional upon our personal relationship to the Lord God. So it he has this contrast of... Um, what the philosophers say and what we as Catholics should have as a definition of true joy, which basically um, the worldly or the philosopher would say that satisfaction and emotional joy, um, sorry, an emotional uplift from the goods that are at our disposal. Um, so things that can, that we can derive joy from the world, you know, um, if, if you like to, drink uh, an old-fashioned and, and you enjoy that or a good meal or tobacco or something but those things are going to go away at some point right so you're happy while you are doing or consuming thing but it, it won't last forever mm-hmm. um in in the contrast to that is a true joy it is based on uh, on relationship with god and uh the, the thing that, that we need to remember here is that um, true joy is eternal. And, and that relationship with God is what is going to give us true joy um, in our lives because it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where we are at. Um, if we are good in a relationship with God, we're going to be able to find joy in, in any of um, the situations that we may be yeah. in. I think what the philosopher says in, in um, Father Delt's book, right? It says that uh, satisfaction to an emotional uplift in response to the goods at one disposal, it mostly has to do with uh, pleasure, uh, you know, something that enlightens, enlightens our senses. And that can only last so long, like you said. So the true joy as Catholics, you know, has to be centered around God. And I really like that he's saying this contextually while in prison so he he kind of like says that rhetorically to himself and how could i attain true joy in these times and in this situation you know during world war ii people didn't have a lot to feel joyful for you know but this is exactly what we're going to break down today this uh these five conditions of true joy yeah and then just do you want to kick it up yeah i was just about to say getting into the to, to the five conditions uh condition number one Man becomes truly himself precisely at the point where he recognizes that the highest and brightest being dwells within him. Um, the highest and brightest, obviously, we, we know that that's our Lord. Uh, that's when we become truly ourselves. 
is when the Lord is with us. Uh, if man excludes himself from the temporal atten- eternal tension, he will be strangled by the senselessness that permeates everything and that forces itself upon him as a result of his life. And in the end, he will succumb to the barbarism of the most popular values and the most trivial material goods of the time. Yeah, so, you know, we have been talking about this, um, the three of us, too. It's kind of weird that he wrote this in 1944, and it's still applicable to today. Yeah. Um, How, you know, if you look at how we are doing today as a society, if we if we don't have anything to anchor us uh, in in like our faith like we do uh we're just going to be uh, moved around by whatever is fashionable and whatever it is trendy at the time um what what material goods are the things that we are going to strive for if we're going to go after a, you know a bigger house a newer car fancier clothes all those things that I'm not saying that those things are bad. It, it, the uh, the motivation behind it is like, if only I get this thing, then I will be happy. That is the wrong approach for for true joy. It has to be anchored in in God in our relationship with God. And, and it also and, tends to be self-serving, you know. Sometimes, especially yeah. nowadays, um, somebody wants to attain true joy for themselves instead of uh, giving that joy to others uh, out of service, you know, sometimes. Yeah, I think that plays into the second condition. So yeah, the second condition starts reading, uh, man must be brought to enough absolute clarity about himself and honesty before himself and others. He must come down from all the pedestals of arrogance unto which, unto which he always climbs. Father Delping holding back any punches here. Um, he must come down from the high horses of vanity and self-deception that for a time let themselves be trotted forth so proudly. So the other criteria, uh, two criteria, I'm sorry, are available to identify whether true joy, you know, we're following a, an authentic impulse or a foolish presumption of uh, will of the wisp. Both of these criteria are found in the figure of John the Baptist, and those are service and annunciation. Here, you know, I think it's it's important to point to the saints. You know, we think about Mother Teresa, you know, how she was able to always give uh, a smile and have joy in her face while servicing the poorest of the poor in the poorest conditions imaginable. You know, St. Thomas More is another good example. You know, he went to his execution cracking jokes, you know, and I mean, St. Paul is another good example. You know, he was like, shipwrecked and beaten to an inch of his life and you know all these things incarcerated incarcerating and ultimately executed right but but they always had that um service and annunciation that's what kind of like fueled their joy um and to me john the baptist you know this book from father delph really put john the baptist on another level you know i always you know you you think of john the baptist obviously as the, the the forerunner of the messiah but how he did it, you know, even to, to the uh, expense of his own life, he was obviously detached. So we go back to like uh, point one, right? And, and 
and he, he did it with the utmost joy because he knew what was coming you know and he wanted everybody yeah. else to experience that but in order to experience that what did he preach repent you know so that's kind of like the 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 criteria that we must follow service and enunciation because that will eventually lead to joy and that ties in with like the humility that he had when he was asked are you the christ he said no i'm not worthy of untying the sandals of the one that is coming after me yeah so it, it takes a lot of like uh, the boldness um to to proclaim what he proclaimed Uh, this is one of the things that we have discussed that the figure of John the Baptist is always like this crazy guy that lives in the desert, wears camel hair and uh, snake skin as a belt and eats honey and, lo and you know, crickets Locust. or whatever. Uh, <laughs> estaba, estaba but, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> uh, but uh, it's more than that. It's like that service and annunciation that uh, we are called to imitate. And, and that will eventually bring us true joy, which is kind of crazy to think, but it makes sense somehow. Um, um, well, let's let's move on to the third condition. We continue with the third condition, uh, the honesty in, with which man should be true to himself is an intrinsic, is an intrinsic selflessness. Man should transcend himself by expressing his openness to God in readiness, service, and praise. Um, and through this openness, he will attain a great freedom, a freedom from cramps, delusion, and deterioration. Um, I mean, the Lord just asks us to be open. Um, and whenever we're open, we're going to be granted that great freedom uh, from all these things, that, from all this crap that we don't need in our lives. The essential human vocation is we must be more human, we, we must be more than human if we want to become and remain human. Um, what man contributes to his, to his great liberation and to a fulfilled life consists of, and this is my favorite part, consists of honest humility. We grow more when we're more, when we're more humble, willing openness. If we're openness, if, we're, if we have that openness, we're, we're gonna have that great freedom. Uh, readiness to serve, we're called to serve always. Authentic testimony, mm -hmm. that's how I came to my conversion, was through hearing great testimony. Hearing the lives of the saints, people that I looked up to, youth ministers, um, my peers who, when I hear their stories of how they came to the Lord, it's so great to, to, to read that. Uh, and praise, why wouldn't we praise our creator? Why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we praise the person who, who, who died for us, who, who, who created us? Um, our own lives absolutely, urgently, and immediately need an ongoing conversion and abandonment to God so that his will to save us can become redeemingly, creatively effective. And we must begin this immediately and keep on with it. And he says it like with a, with a passion, with a boldness, mm -hmm. absolutely, urgently, and immediately. So like, why would we start next week? Why would we start uh, next year? Like, oh, when I, when, you know, when I get there, uh, I'll go ahead and do it. Like, you know, line, why not start yeah. now? Um, yeah, it's like you sign up for that gym membership on 
January 1st and then January by 1st. the end of the month, you're not going anymore. I'm guilty yeah. of that. It, we're all guilty of that. I think we unless all Unless you have like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, unless you have like that, that just that extra power to, to do it. But I'm terrible at it. But the Lord is calling us now. The Lord is calling us right now. He's calling you, Walter, you, Gustavo, me, Ivan, like everyone that, that that's watching right now. Like he's calling us to like, why don't you just start now? Why why'd you gotta wait till tomorrow? Like mm -hmm. Maybe he won't say now, well, but <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Um all right. <laughs> Moving forward to the fourth condition. It says someone who has centered his life in the truly appropriate relationship with God affects a personal I vow connection. So us and God connection. Such a person can find himself at last because he has just properly begun to be. We talked about this with our virtue episode, and Walter, I know you'll touch on it a little bit. You know, we we are more ourselves when we are closer to God. Um, and in the consummation of this life, long lost or atrophied capabilities begin to grow or to reawaken. The substance expands and the eyes become brighter and keener. A new confidence and certainty stay with him, even though times of shaking and quaking. You know, here, here I think about um, Peter. You know, when when there was the storm and he got he got excited because he saw our Lord walking on water and he said, "I want to come to you." And he 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 got on the water, but then he started singing because what he got afraid. You know, his his mind got the best of him. And if we he got uh, cocky, I think he got, he got cocky. cocky. Yeah, and if we. Um, Think about the reading we we heard, second reading we heard from uh, uh, Gaudete Sunday, you know, uh, St. Paul letter to the Philippians is, he was saying, have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, right? So I think the... It, it starts with that prayer. You know, if we don't have that personal connection with the Lord, everything starts crumbling, right? So he talks about that, have no anxiety. And there, there's a video from uh, Bishop Barron from his homily this past Sunday that, that he kind of like talks about how, how Paul's saying this, right? It's like, really? No anxiety? Yeah. You, Paul, <laughs> that got like all this stuff, you know, like I mentioned, like shipwrecked and beaten to an inch of your life and whatnot so you're telling us not, not not to have anxiety like at all so but that's because that that connection that i that connection i think you know it says a person can find himself at last you know that's beautiful yeah. the, the the atrophic capabilities begin to go, grow or reawaken it's like a muscle that that you have to exercise right if you don't exercise prayer yeah that it, it, it tends to be dull and maybe uh, um, monotonous dry dry yeah but and, and the sacraments as well you know if you, we don't go to mass yes the first time you're going to mass is like that first time you go to the gym you know it's like when i start exercising like after months of not exercising i, I would have the same that it's like ah uh, muscles that i didn't even know i had are hurting you know so it's that having that self-awareness and that confidence that that we are meant for god you know that we are capable of God, even though times are shaking and quaking, Father Delph says. And again, 
take it from a guy that's writing this from from prison, you know, from a Nazi Nazi prison in 1944. So pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, and I think that it ties well with uh, living a life of virtue. When when he talks about becoming more human, that is our vocation. Um, in uh, virtuous leadership, Alexander Havard talks about how the the exercise of the virtues, the cardinal virtues of uh, justice, uh, charity, courage, uh, temperance, those are the ones that are going to make us more the version of ourselves that God wants us to be. And, and, and the good news about that is that virtue is a thing that we can work on. It's not something that, that some people get and others don't. Everybody has the same opportunity to like grow in virtue. So that is like a great consolation when I first started learning about that because it, it's again, like a muscle. It's something that you can practice and, and get your reps in, in order for you to become who you mm -hmm. are supposed to become. Totally. Yep. Yep. All right, let's uh, move on to the last condition for attaining true joy. Uh, Father Delph says that the ever greater and always still more of eternity is shimmering through all the cracks of creation and keeping life in a state of dynamic urgency. We already heard kind of like a theme uh, around this with what Ivan was saying of like, start now and keep it going. We need to start now, keep it going and gain that momentum. So so we keep that relationship, the I and thou going. Um, he tells us that the promises of God stand above us, more valid than the stars and more effective than the sun. Based on the promises, we will become healthy and free from the center of our being. The promises have turned us around and at once opened life out to the infinite. And this is like almost my favorite paragraph of um, this whole meditation that he has because it is very evocative. You know, there are things that we take for granted like the stars and the sun. The sun comes out every morning and the stars show up as soon as it starts getting dark. So we have that certainty that the promises of God are like even more certain than those things that we take for granted. So uh, it is very, very beautiful to ponder on those things and know that, you know, we will become healthy and free. Um, I had never thought about uh, healthy as something that it would be a, a product of my relationship with God. But the more that I thought about it, I associated it with, with the being free from sin and being in a state of grace. Mm -hmm. So sin is going to be a separation from God, right? Yep. So the more that we stay in a state of grace, the more that our souls are going to be healthy. If, if we let sin permeate in our soul, there's going to be this sickness in us, in our soul that uh, can affect all of the other areas, uh, other areas of our life. And um, I know Gustavo has been hammering down this point, like we are in the third week of Advent. If you haven't done confession, go to confession. Um, this is the right time to do it. Don't just take like the bare minimum that the Catholic Church says that you need to go to confession once a year. Make it it's terrible. Go as go as, as frequently as you need it. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what we would tell you with, without saying a number. Because that like 
makes you immerse yourself in the ocean of his mercy. And uh, it's just so powerful that he's like, okay, that thing that you did, I don't remember what you did. Let's, yeah. let's start over. Let's begin again. Um, and uh, he knows that we are going to, to fail and he wants to extend that mercy to us and it's available to us, but we need that humility to go and repent, like John the Baptist said, um, and, and start over. Um, and the last point that he says for the fifth condition for true uh, joy, he says the man becomes healthy through the order of God and in nearness to God. That is also where he becomes capable of joy and happiness. So this is a capability. It's something that we can develop mm -hmm. a capacity for, for joy. Um, you know, it's to, to round, to connect the, do a callback to the story of the Grinch that he can grow his heart, uh, <laughs> three sizes. Um, we also have that, that potential to, um, empty ourselves to be self, uh, selflessness, to practice selflessness. And that will uh, eventually lead us to true joy based on all of the things that, that we have talked about. So um, that's pretty much it, what we had. Ivan and Gustavo, do you have any other closing comments for um, this meditation? Yeah, I think, um... I keep harking back to uh, John the Baptist and the Annunciation part of it, right? I mean, as Catholics, I think uh, we can do a better job of really being that uh, evangelizing arm of the church, right? Because why wouldn't we want people to to know the joy of of Jesus uh, being born in our hearts? You know, um, I I think more and more our culture is losing sense of what Christmas is. Um, you know, it's becoming more secularized. Obviously, it's all about the presents, it's all about the food. And now that it's starting like two months earlier, I guess people are sick of it by by uh, by December 25th, you know, Chris, first day of Christmas and people are like done with Christmas. Uh, did you did you guys see this um, Catholic Answers uh, Instagram post that's floating around right now? Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that we'll, we'll show it, um, but it it kind of like goes through all the motions, right? It's like it's um, it's not Christmas yet, or like Christmas isn't over yet, or um, it's it's rose, not rose, pink, you know, for Gaudet Sunday. So it's like, and it pointed to like you're here. So he goes through. It's like, oh, the other one that I love is like uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie, you know? So all the things that online Catholics are like bantering <laughs> about this time, you know? So <laughs> but I think yes, the 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 willingness to share that joy, I think it's something that um, we can all do a lot better at. You know, we don't need to put cut camel skin on and a snake's uh, skin belt and go like yelling at the top of our lungs, but do a better job of living Advent and living Christmas as it's called to be uh, lived. You know, and that joy will radiate and will become contagious. Because that what John that's what John did, you know, that he gathered that following pre-Jesus, you know, and he gained that attention and he garnered that that uh respect and and that repentance um as as he was preparing the make made right, make straight the way of the Lord, you know. So yeah, definitely. 
I mean, I think to me, it's just just really driving the point of, of finding that joy. A lot of times we think, you know, what joy is. Um, and like you said in the beginning, we tie it a lot to happiness where, well, if I'm happy, I have joy um, and vice versa. But I don't know, like, I feel like sometimes we just really have to sit down and, and really ask ourselves, like, have I experienced genuine joy um or has it just been happiness um you know like i i, I think i made the joke yesterday when we tried to so when we recorded the episodes that did not work um that like i love to eat tacos but those tacos are not gonna make me happy forever and if i don't find that joy like then what's the point uh and i really love how father delp just really just hammers down and saying like why put it off any longer why can't you just start it? Why can't you begin immediately? Like, why, why? If, if you make it urgent, if you make it um, your mission to, to, to find that everlasting joy, you're going to find it because the Lord yeah. is going to give it to you. Um, so, yeah. I think if we if remember we're just kids, honest with, I was just going to say, if we're honest with, God is not a taco, yeah. <laughs> t-shirt um, t-shirt honest if we're honest with ourselves Inside joke. <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves and we really ask ourselves like have i ever felt joy and then go off that see where the, where the lord takes you i'm pretty sure he's he's gonna get you somewhere he's gonna find it yeah. amen yep. yeah so um rejoice in the lord for he is near Thank you for uh, listening to this episode of Abbas's Catholic Podcast, the show where three Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the podcast or got something out of this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review if you have it. If you are feeling extra generous, you can buy us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash barbatus and follow the instructions. If you buy us a coffee, you automatically get a shout out in one of our episodes. And if you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let others make their own mistakes. Um, you can find the show notes for this episode at barbatuscatholicpodcast.com. On social media, we are on Instagram at barbatuscatholicpodcast. And uh, this is Alanis Casey. Pray, Pray for us. us. Until the next time.